Uh, good morning. Add my welcome to, uh, to Mike's. It's great to have you with us if you're new or if you're visiting especially and great if you're, if you're watching online. Hello, Mum. She watches every week. Um, <laughs> she does. She really does. Um, so, change of season. It's great, isn't it? So many good things about change of season. You don't have to iron your shirts anymore. You can just put a jumper over the top. It's not embarrassing about the missing buttons, all those kind of things that I've told you before about me. Um, I have discovered that I don't have a wardrobe, though, for the change of season. I can do summer and I can do winter. I'm really stuck in spring and autumn. Are there any other people stuck between seasons? Yeah, I can see the nods. Heating on yet? Anyone got the heating on yet? Hands up. Yeah, you wimps, you wimps. Those who've not got their heating... Okay, those who can't afford to put their heating on yet. May the fire of God come down and fill you. Oh, it's so good, so good to be here. We're in, we're in this new season as a church. And we, we really sense that, of course, beginning of a, a new academic year. But, you know, if you've not been with us for a while or been before here, as a church family, we're going into a, a new season. We've been traveling through some territory. And, uh, and Mike, Mike was reminding us with that picture, wasn't he, that um, it's very easy to imagine that the Christian life is just, you know, you're constantly, if you're in a valley, you've got to get to the top of a mountain. And, and then you're just trying to hold on at the top of, a, top of a mountain. But that isn't the Christian life. That isn't the Christian life. There's always blessing. There's always challenge. There's always struggle. There's always those two things. And, uh, and Jesus took disciples to the top of mountains to give them a glimpse of a fuller picture. But then he always walked back with them into the reality of, reality of life. And so we've been going through some, some hilly territory as a church family, and we're going to carry on going through some hilly territory, and I'm praying that we'll see some even bigger mountains, maybe of a different kind to some of the ones, Lord, but I'm praying that we'll go on this adventure together in this season. And uh, it's an opportunity, and, and the little phraseology that I'm using about this all-in question, and forgive me, just, uh, I'm just going to recap one or two things from, from last week. We're, uh, we're thinking about being all-in with God, with each other, and with his mission to the world, for the sake of the world. And I, I said last week, and I, I, I think it came over in the right way, mum told me it did, <laughs> that actually... It's a bit of an, it's a moment to make choices. You know, I was being honest and saying, I've no doubt that, that um, many of us have wondered after the journey that we've been on as a, as a church family, it is our journey now, that we've been on, you know, where's the right place, Lord? Where can I thrive? Where can I flourish? And, and I'm, I'm really encouraging and inviting everyone who knows that they can flourish in this place to, to be all in. That, that's not the same, please hear this clearly, that's not the same as agreeing completely with everything. That's not the same. That's, that's not the same as saying we don't question and we're not in this together. We're family and families have conversations and families have disagreements and arguments. Well, well mine does. So I'm not asking for uniformity I'm not asking for no questions to be asked. In fact, quite the reverse. Maybe we've not actually always as a church family 
wanted to ask questions or known how to ask questions. We need to be a great questioning family in a spirit of love and unity and desire to serve God. Iron sharpens iron, says the Bible. So if you're all in for that kind of adventure, if you're all in for saying, come on, let's give ourselves to what God wants to give us, then then be here. But as I said last week, if you can't flourish in that kind of way, if if that's not right for you, then I I just humbly encourage you to think where the Lord might lead you to. Don't, Don't be a grumbler or a groaner. Be a questioner, be a challenger, be a, be a I want to go deeper, be a where is God in this, be a let's be more holy, let's be more bold, be a, be a pusher, be an encourager, be a shaper, be a sharpener. But don't be a groaner or a grumbler. Because I promise you I can beat you at that game. <laughs> So we're asking about being all in. We've got this mission, just recapping very briefly, we've got this mission, this uh, mission statement, making committed followers of Jesus who change communities and nations for him. As I said last week, that doesn't change. But we're now thinking about this all inness, and we've got three themes of kind of where God is leading us next, positioning and partnering and planting. Three themes that God is calling us all in with God, all in with each other, all in for the sake of the world. And we're identifying some priorities to go with those. Any of you who are worried about the strategic plan, there is one. Don't worry. I'm not going to share it with you, though, for all of those of you who are not at all interested in there being a plan. And we're identifying priorities for each of these things. three things What does it mean to position ourselves before God with a passion for prayer? You've heard about prayer week and we're really serious about about prayer week. I hope you're serious about prayer week. I hope you're not just going to let it be something that other people do this week. Three ways that you can join in that Mark, uh, that um, uh, Mike, are you Mike? Yeah, that Mike shared. We're serious about that, are you? Um, Openness and sharing in the spirit, the ministry of the spirit. We're going to be doing that in the last part of our celebration together and we do it in lots of other ways. Everyone growing as disciples, that's our third one under positioning. So we're looking, Tim's helping, Mike Fuller and others are helping to look at some resources that can help us, every one of us, grow as disciples. And we're trying to think about how we can make those more accessible to people in the church family. We're looking at mentoring within that. What does it mean to, to, to encourage each other and have people that you can, you can walk with? There'll be more about that coming. And a partnering, we're, we're thinking in terms of a priority about leadership and ministry in new ways. Absolutely necessary. We recognise in our church family. So what does that look like in our staff and ministry teams? What does that look like though right the way across our church? New ways of thinking about those things. We're looking at how we're shaping our resources to be better at partnering with each other and then also with others beyond Trinity. Our finances, God's calling our attention in our finances. If you're not clear about that, be clear about that. Um, How easy do you think it is for us to plan wisely when we don't know what people are going to give? That's a shaping thing. 
That's a shaping thing to say, would you consider, you know, if you're a member of this church family, unashamedly to think what God's calling to you on a regular, a regular basis with our finances, with our people, our staff team is changing significantly, partly because of the finances, but partly because we know God is calling us into this new season. Physically, our building, we need a new roof. Isn't that great? No, really, isn't that great? Because it means that we have to say, God, okay, so what's the building for? If you're going to put a roof on it, how are we going to finish the work that was already started by past generations? But what about our gathering and our welcoming space? What about Trinity House? What about how do you find somewhere to go in our church during the week? Have you ever tried to find me in the week? You're doing really well if you can. We're really well hidden. And that's going to change. That's going to change. What are the next stages in our mission partnerships? I'm, I've got the delight of going to, to Kenya and I pray you have a sense that that's on our behalf as a church at the end of this month. What does it mean to, to say we know how much God wants us to partner with others? We're doing that locally in the diocese and the deanery as well. Under, under planting, we've got, we've got a sense of how every ministry is going to be engaged in mission to, to, our, to our world around us, 98%, 98% of the people who live around you and work with you have no connection with a church at all. So we need a new spirit and passion for thinking about mission. That's our first priority. Secondly, equipping for kingdom entrepreneurship. So when we ask you to think about each other's front lines, that's got a mission element to it. That's why that prayer matters. This week when we're talking about prayer walking, we're not talking about just only praying around the physicality of our town. How can you prayer walk around your office? How can you prayer walk around your nursery group or, or wherever? Do you remember my little old lady from last week? If you were here, the little old French lady. I am praying to see lots of people across Cheltenham and beyond. I'm looking for a news item about the number of people who were walking in their offices really, really slowly. You have to watch last week's film if you don't know what I'm talking about. And we're also thinking about planting. So we are completely serious as a ministry and as a leadership team and as a staff team. We're serious about being all in. This is a new season. What a time. Arsenal won, Tottenham lost and God is calling us all in. It doesn't get much better than this. But I gave a health warning, didn't I, last week? I said, remember that vision, especially ones articulated by people like me, are just the tactics, are just tactics. We had a look, didn't we, Acts chapter 2 last week, at the end of Acts chapter 2, about what a, what a growing church looks like. And the, a church that the Lord adds to, the Lord adds to, is one that is devoted. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking bread, 
and to prayer. It's the Lord's work building his church here. So last week, we began thinking a little bit about prayer as we think about positioning ourselves before God. And we we thought about adoration. And I I deliberately want to just ask us to think again about that a bit as we also this morning think about listening to God in prayer. Because the two completely overlap, don't they? And there's such a danger in our way of thinking that we sort of go, adoration, tick, done that, now on to listening. It doesn't work like that. We looked at the, at the Lord's Prayer model, didn't we, last week? Again, just quickly recapping for some. We said, when the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray, he said, start our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. He said, start with God. I quoted Revelation, the last book of our Bibles, Revelation 4.11. We, we pray to God, we adore God first and foremost. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honour and power. For you created all things and by your will they exist and were created. I was, I was saying, wasn't I, sharing that prayer, positioning ourselves before God, is first and foremost in response to God. Such a danger that we kind of can imagine that somehow we make God in our own image. It's not like that. It's not like that. We didn't go off and find God sitting behind a rock on some planet and say, hi, we're looking for a God. Would you like the job? God finds us. And our being is in response to God. And we notice that that Jesus, and many of us will have noticed this before and know this truth, Jesus says, call him Father. He's, He's personal. He's personal. Are you here today wondering if God is personal? You you kind of believe there's something. Or or you've had some kind of experience in in the past and well, mountains and stuff are happening in your life, and that's kind of why you're here. You, you know this is no accident, you being here today. You know something is going on. And, and deep in your, in your soul, in your spirit, you're hoping, you're wanting, you're eager for God to be personal. Personally interested in you. You want the stuff that we have sung this morning to be true. Well, Jesus said, call God Father. And it is a word of respect. It's not God Almighty, as I said last week. It is God Almighty. In the Jewish culture from where it comes from, it is a word of respect for the head of the household. But it's also a word of intimacy, of personal. 
Jesus' prayer was a massive contrast. When he said, just get straight in there and call God Father, that was a massive contrast in, in his culture between the, uh, the Pharisees, the religious people of the day who were eloquent in their prayers. They were just expansive in their prayers. Or, or people from other faiths and other religions who would chant and chant and chant and perhaps still do. Jesus says, if you want to connect with God, if you want to position yourself with him, you can just get straight in with him. Call him Father. And so we're in response, as I was saying last week, to his wonderful works, to the things he's done, to the the world around us, to his life-giving words and to his saving deeds. We've sung this morning, and if you're again here and you're not sure and you don't know this, God himself came down and walked on earth and he died on a cross Because he loves you. And we don't know how it works, but it works. By dying on the cross, he removed every barrier between you and God. Everything that's wrong, ever. Every barrier. And we pray in response. We seek in response. And so again, last week, I was just sharing a couple of quotes, wasn't I, from C.S. Lewis, Narnia, and many other books, Fame, who said, in commanding us to glorify him, in saying, call me father, look up to me, God is inviting us to enjoy him. Do you enjoy God? Or do you just feel a little bit nervous with God? Just a little bit apprehensive with God. Do you have that little feeling when you were at school and the teacher called your name? You just wonder. God is inviting us to enjoy him. And a guy called Pete Gregg, who runs an outfit called 24-7 Prayer, said, and I quoted again last week, didn't I? Prayer is climbing into the lap of the Father. So turn to your neighbour if you were here last week and tell them what were the three healthy habits that I suggested to do that. (gasps) Teacher, test time. You didn't actually expect us to be listening, Andrew. Go, you got, can you remember what they were? Three habits. If you weren't here, you're off the hook. Okay, here we go. Call them out. What were the three? Sorry? Time with God without an agenda. Either you're great or you've got it on your phone. Contemplation, looking and really seeing what there is to see. And there was one more I mentioned. Thankfulness. There you go. These were the three. How's that been going this week? 
But let's move on quickly because the purpose in climbing into the lap of the Father, the great gift and the great invitation is that God is speaking. Question is, are we listening? You're here today because you need to hear the voice of God. Well, let's just see what Jesus said. John 10 Beginning at verse 1, the words will be on the screen. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever come before me, who came before me, were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. God is speaking. Are we listening? Jesus was speaking to a group of people who were divided. And at the end of the chapter, we find they were even more divided after he had spoken. Did you notice they didn't get the first analogy picture that he used of him being the good shepherd? And so he used the picture, the analogy of being a gate to try and further explain what he was saying. But still, some did not get it. God is speaking. Are we listening? I bet like me, many of us need need to hear God's voice in this new season. We want to be all in with God. So we need to hear his voice. The Bible details numerous ways that that God is is speaking. And I'll just throw the slide up quickly. I'm not trying to be comprehensive. But through creation, through natural events, through circumstances, through art, through the things around us, the things we see. That's why I, I spoke about contemplation last week. And I continue to remind us about looking to see, spending time. God speaks directly into our hearts and into our minds through our intuition in what the Bible then describes as the still small voice inside us, through our conscience. And God speaks directly to use the just a word to try and uh, sort of group this, audible voices, angels, dreams, visions, prophetic words, tongues, counsel from others. And scripture, 
But there's, there's no limit on the way that God is speaking to us. He can even speak through a talking donkey. Maybe I'm a talking donkey. Because Jesus said in John 14, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth. The spirit bears witness, says the writer Paul, to our spirits. The spirit speaks to us. God is speaking. The question is, do we have the desire to listen? We've been given two ears and one mouth for a reason. We all know that listening is important to a relationship. I hope we know the difference between hearing and listen. If I say to my children, can you hear me? It's a very different question from, are you listening? My children constantly hear me. Just lucky I'm never guilty of that. See, God is inviting every one of us to climb into his lap in adoration and then he is inviting us to listen to what he has to say. Are you doing that? Are you listening? There can be blockages, can't there, to listening in any relationship. Any of us who are in committed relationships will know that. Any of us who are married will know that. Any of us who have great friends will know that. There can be practical barriers if you just don't make the time. There can be emotional barriers. My history, my expectations about what does or doesn't happen when people communicate. There can be spiritual barriers. Sin is to be self-focused. Prayer is to build our relationship with God. Those are in opposition to each other. It should be no surprise that if we are consciously walking away from God in our life, in any area of our life, that it is going to be harder to hear his voice. Do we need to tune in to God? Like that, that radio station in days of old. If you have DAB radio, you find it automatically. But do you remember trying to tune in God invites you to adore him, to climb into his lap. God is speaking. He has promised us that we are not left as orphans. But he is with us through the Holy Spirit, speaking in a myriad of ways. Do we need to tune in? There were people in the Bible who were not used 
to hearing the voice of God. Maybe you're here today and you're, you're not used to hearing the voice of God. There was a, a small boy called Samuel who God called to three times and Samuel didn't know who was calling to him. And an older man, Eli, was able to tell him who was speaking. Do you need help to tune in? There are two things that the Bible is very, very clear about when it comes to listening to the voice of God through all the different ways that I've tried to describe. I'll just give you some sense of this morning. And you have to be doing both in order to hear the voice of God, to listen to the voice of God, to know the will of God. There has to be both a journey in the mind and a journey in the heart. There has to be a journey in the mind and in the heart. You see, and I don't know, if you're a bit like me, you're very tempted to make it our prayers about our issues, our way, our way of thinking. What I need to do is to reflect and have the inner journey of the heart alongside my journey of the mind and connecting with God. I say that because I suspect there are some here who are like me. You might just want to be thinking as we talk about prayer and positioning before God, as we say, what does it mean to be all in with him? Where, where's my journey need to go? Do, do I need more in the, in the mind in the sense of, do I need to spend time in scripture? Do I, do I need to be having a mentor? Do I need to be talking more to some other people? Do I need that kind of counsel, that thought-provoking journey and adventure? Or do I need more of the heart adventure? Do I need to make that time and that space to be quiet? Do I, do I need to retreat from the world? From noise in order to tune in so that I'm not just hearing God, but I'm listening to God. God, God doesn't play games with us. God is not teasing us. God is not being tantalizingly close, but always just out of reach. That's not his way. The one who came to earth, lived on earth, died on a cross for us, is the one who desires intimate relationship. So what does it look like for you to listen, to really listen to God in a new season? When I'm trying to think about guidance and 
hearing the voice of God, I find it really helpful to think about this picture, this analogy. There's a picture of a, of a harbour with lights. Many here will know a lot more about this than, than I do. But if you were travelling towards that harbour at night across the water, if you could only see one light, you might know the general direction to go in, but you wouldn't know if you were heading actually into the harbour. You, you could be heading towards that from, from an angle. And you might go piling into the cliff. So what they do is they give you a series of lights that you can follow into the harbour. And in my life, when God has guided me, especially in the bigger things, it's a series of lights that leads me to his will. I find that a helpful encouragement to me to to look for lights of God's guidance, to listen for God's voice in a number of different ways. I, I find it a helpful check not to put too much weight on only one thing. As a church family, to be all in with God, we're looking for the lights. We're seeing how things line up as we seek to be positioning before God, being much, much better partners with each other as well as others. And as we look to plant new things. Only you can decide to pray this week. Only you can decide to put yourself into the Father's lap and listen. Only you can decide whether you you take that seriously, that little bit of paper and the person that you've spoken to and, and praying for someone here who has a front line, who is serving God where they are. Only you can decide whether the Lord is going to lead you to to walk around something, claim ground for the Lord. He's speaking. Are you listening? If you're able to, shall we stand? We've got just a few minutes before children need to be collected. I'll I'll signal that. But why don't we just open ourselves? God is here. The Holy Spirit is with us. We never have to pray for the presence of God. Hope you know that. You don't have to pray for the presence of God in that meeting tomorrow or in your home. He's, He's everywhere. But you do need to pray to be awake to the Lord's presence. We do need to pray to experience the Lord's presence in new and fresh and deeper ways. Those things are true. But we don't direct God as to where he goes.
So God is here. God is here. And Holy Spirit, would you awaken us to you? You might find it helpful just to adopt a physical posture, to kneel or to hold a hand out, to close your eyes and just say, God, here I am. God, I want to hear and listen to your voice. You are the good shepherd. You guard and you guide. You lead to good pasture. And I seek to follow you. Holy Spirit, would you please come? I pray, Holy Spirit, especially for those who are in a state of noise and confusion. For the clear voice of God. I pray for those who are in emptiness. There's no sound at all, almost, it feels like. Holy Spirit, in your name, I pray for the clear voice of God to come and be heard. As your word promises, I pray for spirit to bear witness to our spirit. That is God speaking directly to your spirit, addressing you directly. Holy Spirit, would you come? And I know there are, some, there are some desires, there are some hopes in this room. There are some resolutions, half resolutions in this room. There are some, God, would you help me too in this room? And in the name of Jesus, would you, Holy Spirit, would you be speaking? And please, would you help turn intention into action? Whether it's new patterns of life, new ways of praying, new places for wise counsel, whether it's the courage to just simply do what we already know needs to be done. Holy Spirit, please. For those who have prophetic gifts, for those spirit that you use in, in wonderful prophetic ways to dream dreams and have visions and bring words. Holy Spirit, have your way. Let this be a family where the gifts of the Spirit are freely enjoyed and offered. Save us from managing things 
Save us, Lord, from trying to tell you what to do. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. And I just know there'll be a bunch of people who just would find it so helpful for someone to pray with you, just to seal in you what God is saying and doing, to join with you in prayer, to offer your prayer with you and to minister. So would you just come come forward now? This is our way in this church. Just in this time, just come and stand at the front and someone from the church family will come and just pray with you. You know God's calling you. You want to hear his voice. Maybe there's some confusion or noise or just emptiness. I had that word. Why don't you just come forward now? You just want to hear God more clearly. That's it. I know there's quite a few people this morning. Why don't you dare? You've not heard God clearly before. You want to hear him clearly. For all those people who are here and you wonder if it's an accident, but you now know it's not an accident that you're here. Just why don't you come forward? If there's anyone who would like to start the journey of following Jesus, why don't you come forward?